0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. And good morning to everyone in Chicago. We are one church in two cities. Come on, put your hands together so excited to be able to worship here in philadelphia worship there in chicago we've been on the phone with chicago this morning we're doing all kinds of stuff here and we are connected all at the same time how many are thankful that the father son and holy spirit unites us and makes us one how many believe that here today amen hallelujah Praise the Lord. And today is our last message in the Living the Dream series. I'm so excited to be be kind of wrapping up this series here in Philadelphia. And I want to say a little FYI, today's message, the intro is long. The application points are very short at the end. So uh, don't think I'm going to preach for three hours even though I really want to. Okay, And here's another thing, I'm going to pray up front. Um, Today's message is unique because uh, this message not only summarizes the series, but it summarizes um, in many, many ways who we are as a church. As a pastor, I believe deep down in my heart that what I want to talk to you about today is the essence of God's will for my life as a pastor. I believe it's the essence of of God's will for your life. Today we're talking about the call of God upon our lives. And I, I want you to know in Chicago, I want you to know that I feel like there's a very prophetic edge on the word today. And I'm asking you to please listen with your heart. You know when you serve God as a pastor you do think about when Jesus is coming back. You think about the moment and and part of my responsibility is to do whatever I can to get you ready for the day that you meet Jesus face to face. Are you ready? We were talking about that here. Are you ready to meet Jesus? And so this is kind of like so deep down inside of my soul. I was like, Lord, help me not to be too emotional or too anything. But I'm telling you right now, this is a very, very important message, I believe, from the heart of God to all of us. No one, no one is exempt. Today, I'm telling you, this word is for every one of us Without exception. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So hold on one second. I got to do something here with my computer. Um, so can I just say to you that this series so speaks to the journey that We've been on at CT for 21 years and now for just for less than a year here at Philadelphia Tabernacle. And the last message, it it comes out of Genesis chapter 49. So this is the end of Joseph's life. And at the end of Joseph's life, his father Jacob prophesies over all of the brothers There's something unique about this passage because what he prophesies over the brothers is future. But when he prophesies over Joseph, it's actually present. It's actually summarizing the plan of God and the will of God all along. And so when he talks about Joseph, he's talking about God's plan and God's will all along. And honestly, it's something that we repeat here. Both churches all the time. It's something that we talk about. And my prayer is that you would never take it for granted. So here's the verse. Genesis chapter 49. It says this. Verse 22 says, Joseph is a fruitful vine. A fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over. A wall. This is the beginning of the prophecy. Ready? Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. How did he summarize Joseph's life? He said, Joseph is fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. What is the plan of God for your life and my life? When we stand before God, what is going to matter? In Chicago, when you stand before God, what is going to matter? Were you fruitful? How many people want to be fruitful? It's all about being fruitful. The number one question, the number one call upon your life and my life is that we are called to be fruitful. This is the sum total and the fullness of God's plan for your life, is that you would be fruitful. Here we say privately healthy and everyone publicly fruitful. I hope you don't take that for granted because when you stand before God, when I stand before God, it's Jesus is not going to say, Al Toledo, did you have 20,000 people in your church? He's not going to ask me that. He's not going to say, did you, did you have a uh, 100,000 Instagram followers, you know, or 3 million like some celebrity. He's not going to ask me any of those things. He's going to ask me, did you do as a pastor everything that you could from the bottom of your heart, time after time. Did you do everything that you could so that the people could learn how, know how, and focus on living lives that bear fruit for the glory of the master that's what it's gonna be all about now were you successful were you fruitful and so I just want to pray a minute because I got a lot of things very important things to say and I want you to lift your hands with me the Bible says let men everywhere lift up holy hands that includes women and what it's saying, when we lift our hands, it's almost like a sign of surrender. Okay, so come on, let's lift our hands. Let's just do what the Bible says. And I want to pray, in Chicago, lift your hands. If you're watching online, lift your hands. And let's, let's reach out to God. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. And God, we know that the time of your coming is near. We know, Lord, that you, oh God, in any day now, you'll part the clouds. Any day now, you will make everything right. Any day now, the books will be open. Oh God, people will be judged, kings and and powerful people. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And when we do, Lord, what will count is did we believe and did we bear fruit for the Father's glory? That is the dream. Living the dream is that you make us a fruitful vine for your glory. So God, bless this word. And God, Lord, open our eyes and open our hearts today. God, would you deposit seeds of conviction and passion and purpose to live for you and to honor you and to glorify you, Lord Jesus. Could we go past just the, the, the quick uh, uh, three-part three principles to living a, a better life? Lord, we want a fruitful life. A life that brings you glory. Bless this word. Bless our time. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I just want you to know when I pray for you, I pray God make them fruit. Pr- Fruitful, And I pray, Lord, I know that fruitful starts with us being privately healthy. Because remember, it says, Joseph is a fruitful vine planted by a spring. Okay, that spring was his source of life. And we we'll we're unpacking this today. And then his branches reach over the wall. We're going to get into all of this. But this is what we're about. So like, look, let me, let me stop here. In Chicago, I'm going to speak to Philadelphia for a moment. Let's take Andrew. Let's take Todd. Okay, let's take Mike and, and Maria Woolen. Let's, let's take a, Amanda and, and Mandy. Let's take all of the people here. When I pray for you, I just want you to know my focus, my, my desire. Why? Because I know that this is the heart of God. God's heart is that you would be fruitful. How many believe that? God wants Tino to uh, to, new, to be fruitful, to raise up his son Jabez. I saw Jabez this morning, five. His, his mother, he, he had such a long day yesterday, but mom got him here early because she's serving in the Lord's house. And she gave him a little ring pop, and he's sitting there like, you know... I've seen that sleepy face on my kids so many times because they're in the church but why are we here in the church because we want to be found faithful and fruitful how many would say amen it's God's will maria god wants to make you fruitful I'm telling you right now that is the plan of God for our lives last week at the end of at the end of a uh, uh, church service I I threw my arms around a a brother named Peter, and he he travels a lot for his employment, but it just so happens that Peter last week invited five friends, and I got to meet his friends and gave them a a hug and and said hello. And they were young and and bright and so nice and so happy. And like what's in our minds when we meet like the, the new people? We're like, Lord, get them close to you and make them fruitful, oh God because only what we do for christ will last and you can be fruitful to the very last moment of your life you can be fruitful we have a couple in our church they're over 70 and you know what for years they've been making trips to Zambia, Africa, and they've opened schools and they've opened churches and they just came back and they opened up another school. And when they open a school in these remote villages, I've had the privilege of going there. In these remote villages, how many know if we will go, if we'll sow the seed, if we'll do God's will, if we'll do God's labor, He will make us fruitful? And I've been there, remote villages, sandy ground in Zambia. I've been there. Listen, there were, I went there years ago and there was a guy. Went to a church in a remote village, and uh, there was a guy who was leading the choir, and they had an a cappella choir, and it was magnificent, four part harmony. It was magnificent, and so the choir director got up, and I'm talking about you know, concrete floors, concrete walls, not not a c by the way, CT, we just got some AC at PT. Come on, let's praise God. for Got some air conditioning in the house. Hallelujah. No AC. No, none of all of these nice carpet and screens. And they were singing. And then they said, you see the choir director? Let me tell you about the choir director. The choir director got saved at this church. But he used to be a man who beat his wife all the time. He used to beat his wife, and then he he came to find Jesus. And once he found Jesus, his life so changed that that his whole family and even people in the community, they started coming to church because they said, oh my goodness, uh, whatever changed him, I want some of that because that is power. How many believe Jesus has the power? Hallelujah. But they've been going for years, and and sometimes when they go to Zambia, I'm like, man, I wish they didn't have to. I wish somebody else could go for them. Well, you know what, it's such a hard trip. It's so this, it's so that. But let me tell you something, don't stop doing what makes you fruitful. And you're only fruitful if you're living God's dream for your life. We have a businessman in our church we have a businessman in our church. He so loves the Lord, right? He does. He fulfills contracts for the city of Chicago, but he so loves the Lord that he hired a full-time chaplain on staff so that his guys could have Bible study and a counselor and someone to pray over their lives full time. And uh, and he's not. He has nothing to do with the ministry, so to speak. But he understands that his whole life is a ministry. Do you recognize your whole life is a ministry at school on the job god has called us to be fruitful we're called to be fruitful privately healthy and then publicly fruitful and so dreamers become fruitful is the title of the message god's will for our lives is that we would be fruitful and when you're living god's God's plan for your life, I'm telling you right now, you will be fruitful. Listen to this. In, um, uh, in Genesis 49, which I just read, it says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches will climb over the wall. And here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is fill your name in that blank. Okay? Okay. Mike Maria is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. That's God's will. Terence is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Put your name, and if you want to pray something, amazing for your life is say, God, make me a fruitful vine. In John chapter 15, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But you'll see, I'm going to put it up in a little while, but it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So look, I need to say something that that is just raw and true. Come on, somebody say, say the truth. (laughs) All right. So here's the truth. You know what's happened, especially in Christianity in our country? One of the things that's happened is that we have so homogenized God's will. God's will has become so cookie cutter in America. It's like a neighborhood that the houses on the block look all the same. And the will of God sounds so much like the American dream. The will of God is not an adventure. The will of God is not a sacrifice. The will of God is not a surrender. The will of God is not going into the highways and the byways. But the will of God has become so much about comfort, so much about about peace and joy and happiness. But can I tell you something? There is nothing better than the great adventure of the will of God for his people. Come on, somebody say amen. Say amen if you believe that. And I want to encourage you to get into the place where God speaks to you and shows you his plan for your life. And it goes past being comfortable. It goes past being happy. It goes past everything being great and having the promotion. In the end, when you do God's will, you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant." You know, when I was 10 years old, first year I ever played uh, organized baseball, I was 10. And um, so I played on this team, and at the end of the year, uh, um, we had our trophy night. Very, very important life lesson for me. So it was trophy night, and uh, Willie Randolph, the second baseman of the Yankees, was the guest, and he actually was handing out... The trophies, so when it came to my team, you know I was a pitcher. When it came to my team, uh, he was there, and I was I was ten years old, and I was out of my mind. Willie Randolph felt it looked like he was like 19 feet tall. I was like, that is Willie Randolph, and I've seen him on TV and so on and so forth, and so. You know, they gave out specific awards, and the best pitcher was the award I thought I was going to get. And so when they called best pitcher, I mean, I was like the only pitcher, when they called best pitcher, they didn't call my name. And. I was stunned. I was like, I won all the games. I did this. I did that. But I, I, I don't know. I was just like, oh snap! I wasn't the. Be- I thought it was the best pitcher. So on and on. So they called this other kid. He was like the second second pitcher. His name was Kenny. I still haven't forgotten. His name was Kenny. <laughs> and uh, so, but then the last one was the MVP, most valuable player. And when they called MVP, I got the call. I got the MVP. It was ten. And I went up there, and I was like almost almost drunk. I was going up there because I was going to, and and Willie Randolph, he bent down and he shook my hand and he gave me this tall golden trophy, and I took it, and I went back, and I I put it there, and I was like, oh, snap, Willie Randolph, And, and I can't believe I got, I never thought I would get the most valuable player, so it was just like a lot of like strange euphoria, but then I went home the next day, I mean, we went home, so the next day, I'm all by myself, and I take the trophy, and I put it on the table. And when I looked at it, I got real close and I looked at it and I went like this. It was real gold and shiny. And guess what? It was plastic. (laughs) I'm 10 years old. And I was like, this ain't no real trophy. This is plastic. So after that, for years, my parents put, I had tons of trophies. If you want to buy tons of trophies, none of the trophies ever mattered because I knew that they were just plastic. And you know what? God did me a great favor that day because he, he taught me that day that some things look valuable, but they're really not. Some things seem important, but they're really Not. And I'm here to say something to you, okay, in Chicago, here if you're visiting for the first time, I'm telling you right now, God wants to lead you, focus you on what's important for your life and for your family. God wants to root you in Him. He wants to be a private spring for you so that you can be fruitful, and being fruitful is what really counts. How many believe? How many want to be fruitful? Come on, put your hands together in Chicago with me. Choose fruit over success, choose long term fruitfulness over short term pleasure. Choose what's fruitful. And listen, it will not be easy. It will not be a light road. You will carry crosses. You will die to yourself. But it will be better than ever when you arrive. So I told you I gotta, I, I, I've got two points, but I, I got a few more things to say in this long, long intro. God's will is so much better It's so much more wonderful. But all of us will come and find ourselves. And perhaps you found yourself this way. Like in the Lord of the Rings. Anybody know the Lord of the Rings? Come on. I am a Lord of the Rings. Not I started reading it like when I was 14 years old. And in the Lord of the Rings. The main character, his name is Frodo. And Frodo is given this ring. And in the Lord of the Rings. The ring represents sin and the power of sin. And the moral of the story is, look, you have to carry around your sinful nature, but don't put it on. Don't put on the ring. And it was, it was his responsibility to carry that sinful, that sinful evil thing and take it literally into the bowels. Of Mordor which is like the bowels of hell and he had to he had to drop it there that was the mission for his life and there's a scene I saw it in the movie there's a scene I want to read the quote uh, for you which I absolutely love and here's what Frodo said Frodo said I wish the ring had never come to me I wish none of this had happened and sometimes we're like Frodo and we're like I just wish that, That what God has for my life, I wish it was different. I wish I had that person's call. I wish I had that person's life. I wish I had that person's life. And Gandalf replies and he says, so do all who live to see such times. You and everybody else. But then he says, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. So Maria, the Lord has given you a certain amount of time. And I'm telling you right now, if you draw near to Jesus, Jesus will make you fruitful. How many believe Jesus will make Maria fruitful? He will do it by his mighty power. No one who looks to him is ever put to shame, the Bible says. It's not about who you think you are. It's who God can make you to be if you just tap into the springs of heavenly water. Hallelujah. Rivers of living water, the Bible says. Amazing rivers of living water. So let me tell you something about the dream of God. The dream of God is not for cowards. The dream of God is not for those who insist on being comfortable. The dream of God is for those that are willing to sacrifice, to fight battles, to give up their own cause and take up the kingdom cause. Let me finish reading the passage of scripture. And then I'm going to make two application points. So, watch this. It says, speaking of Joseph being a fruitful vine, it says, with bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. When you're trying to do God's will, guess what? They're gonna shoot some arrows at you. It says, but his bow remained steady, his strong arm stayed limber, because the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you. How many know when we reach out to live for God and to live the, the dream, our shepherd will help us. His hand will help us. He will protect us. He will strengthen us. He will do it just like he did for Joseph. We got to understand that. It says, look. Because of the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of the sky above, skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and the womb. Your Father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph. Put your name in there. Let all these rest on the head of Mike Woolen. Okay? Let all these rest on their head, on every person, on Sandy. Let all these rest, on Danielle. Let all these rest on the head of Daniel and the brow of the prince among his brothers. And so the will of God, the dream of God for our lives, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a struggle. But we will have blessings from above Blessings from, above, uh, from below, blessings that are greater than anything or anyone can offer you on this side of glory. God can make us fruitful. So I want to do this one more time before I make the application. If, the, if I could just get the keyboard player uh, uh, to come up. I just want to say one quick thing. I want you to remind you of the life of Joseph. Joseph. So the life of Joseph begins with him getting a a dream from God. He gets the dream. He shares the dream with his father and his brothers. And there's so much jealousy and dysfunction in his family that they sell him into slavery. Maybe you're here and you come from great dysfunction. I'm telling you right now, your dysfunction cannot stop your fruitfulness. How many would say amen to that? You see, and Joseph was sold into slavery. He goes to Potiphar's house. But when he gets to Potiphar's house, guess what happens? Even in Potiphar's house, even in the midst of his slavery, God makes Joseph fruitful. He went in as a slave and he ended up running the whole house because God was with him. When God is with you, you cannot, will not be kept down. God will make us fruitful wherever we are. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then he gets to the point where his, his wife... Is making Potiphar's wife is making moves on Joseph, and and he says no because he wants to be faithful to God. And she finally falsely accuses him, and down he goes. He sends back into prison. And when he gets back into prison, he's so obviously heartbroken and discouraged. But even in prison, because Joseph never took his eyes off of Jesus, what happens? God makes him fruitful even in prison. He's running the whole sp- the the whole shop he's running it because no matter where you put a man or a woman of God if you stay close to God God will make you fr- fruitful and sure enough he, he, he interprets dreams and and he, he interprets this guy's dream and it comes through and he says when it comes through don't forget me but the guy forgets him anyway but sooner or later in God's time the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, has a dream, and the, and the butler who he interprets the dream for says, oh my goodness, I forgot about Joseph. But how many know he forgot about Joseph, but God never forgot about Joseph? If you're here today and you feel forgotten by God, I'm telling you right now, you are not forgotten by Jesus. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you with an everlasting love, and he has a magnificent Amazing plan for your life, right from where you are, right from your little old world, because that's the way we feel. You mean little old me? Yes, little old you. God has a plan for your life, and it's amazing. And sure enough, he interprets, and then we know how the story goes, and God blessed him. uh, 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 He was able to to, uh, have a family, to have children. He became a great leader. All of these amazing things in the end. He became everyone fruitful. I almost titled um, the message, dreamers, whoever lives for the will of God, you always end up everyone fruitful. If you live for God, you will end up fruitful. There's no way to stop the plan and the power and the purpose of God. Do not take for granted. We won't be much longer. But listen to me. Do not take for granted when we say privately healthy, publicly fruitful. Please don't take that for granted. Please understand that it's God's will for your life. It's God's will that you in your own heart, in your own, when you wake up in the morning, in your own skin, your relationship with God can make you strong and healthy. You can be privately healthy. And then naturally, publicly fruitful. Let's go over this one more time in the New Testament. John chapter 15 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do everyone. But watch this. You did not choose me. Amanda, you didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose you. Eight billion people on the planet. He chose you. He chose you. And he chose you because he had a great plan. Watch this. It says, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you. He not only chose you, he appointed you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. In Chicago, you are appointed by God. He appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And everyone ready? Fruit that will last. Everyone say fruit that will last. That's God's will for your life. Nick, that's God's will for your life. Nick was a, 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 a freshman at Temple. He's going back to, to New York, but whether he's in Philadelphia or in New York, We we love them so much. I'm telling you right now, if you learn anything in the short time that you were here with us, just know God has chosen you and God has appointed you and he's appointed you to bear fruit that will last. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. That's God's will for our lives. These two brothers who I don't know, I'm telling you right now, you're called of God. What's in the heart of Jesus? The heart of Jesus is to be close to you, that you might be close to him, and when you're close to Jesus, all is good. Not close to Jesus, nothing is good. There's all of this shallow stuff, but when you're close to Jesus, all is good. And then all is good, then you start to become fruitful. That's the will of God. So just know, everyone here, you didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing us in Chicago and Philadelphia. Thank you for choosing us, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. This is what's going to count when Jesus comes back. Okay, two quick application points. So this text describes what it's like when you're really living God's dream for your life? How do you know that you're living God's dream? This text tells you, John chapter 15 tells you, it's Psalm 1 tells you, it's all over the Bible, but here's what the text tells us. Number one, when you are living in Chicago, okay, suburbs, south side, north side, west, wherever it is, by the lake, when you're living God's dream, here's what happens. Number one, Jesus is your private stream. Jesus is your stream. Is Jesus your stream? It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine planted near a stream. He's planted by the stream. Why so important? Is because the stream is the source of life. Is Jesus your source of life today? Are you living off of what you're getting from God? Or are you living off of what you get from the world? Or from your friends? Or from your hobbies? Or your passions? Jesus wants to be the source of our lives. Privately healthy means that you alone, when you wake up in the morning, you in God, and that is enough. That is enough. There's a place in God where he just, he just brings you peace and calm and strength. The key to living the dream is having Jesus as your private stream. Drinking fresh water makes all the difference. Do you know that um, In America, I think it's 11 million or 15 million households in America, they they have lead pipes and the kids, they drink water that's contaminated and poisoned. And it impacts their health in such a, a, a major way. Do you know without water, where would we be? New York Times put out an article. Listen to this. They put out an article. There's a huge drought. Part of the way that this came to me is that Pastor Jake was in Mexico with his wife, visiting some of her families, their newlyweds, and she went to he went to meet some of her family in Mexico, and they were looking on their map as they were driving in Mexico, and on the map, it, there was all of this whole body of water on the map, and as they were driving by the They're looking on the map, but there was no water. It was all dry. Because there has been such a massive drought in Mexico. Nearly uh, two-thirds of the country's municipalities are facing water shortage. They actually have to deliver water to neighborhoods so that people could just stay alive. It is horrible. There is such a drought there. And let me tell you, there's a drought that's even worse than that. It's the drought of not having Jesus as your source. Now here's the other side. In Florida, there's this house. Look at this house. I want to, I want to show you. You see this house? Okay, this is a typical house in Florida. Blue doors, maybe not your taste. You know what I mean? I don't think my wife would go with the blue doors, but either way, that's a typical house. But this is a very special house. This house was on sale a year ago. Could you? Put it up, here's the way the, when there was an article written about this house, it says a rare Florida home with its own private freshwater spring is now for sale in Tampa Bay. So listen to this, for the first time in decades, Tampa Bay's historic Indian Springs and the estimated 1 million gallons of water it pumps per day is for sale. So they almost sold the water rights to a corporation so that they could just bottle the water that's in their backyard. But what is the moral of the story? The moral of the story, it's not what's in front of the house. It's not what the front of the house looks like. It's what's behind the walls that really matters. What's behind the walls of your life? Are oh, you tapped into the spring? Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Jesus is a spring. And when Jesus is your spring, your life becomes supernatural, incredible, wonderful, transformational. I was praying, Lord, please get a hold of someone's heart today and let them say, Jesus, I want to sell out to your will and your ways. I want to do whatever you want me to do, Lord. I just want to stay close to you. I want to be anchored in you. You're the vine, I'm the branches, Lord. Apart from you, I can do nothing, but all things are possible with you. That's the will of God for his people. And look, when you have a private spring, it's all good. When you have a private spring, people let you down. Life lets you down. Life let Joseph down. He went to prison. His brothers cut him off. All kinds of things. But when you have a private spring... My goodness, you will stand on the rock like we were singing earlier today. And ultimately, you will be fruitful. It won't be a plastic trophy. It will be real. How many would say amen? Amen. You know, when I think about this, I think about the famous missionary David Livingston. Let me tell you something because you will know this for a fact. So there was a missionary to Africa who heard something and it changed his life. Listen to this. One of the greatest missionaries to Africa, his name was David Livingston. Here's what happened. It says, Many more, he heard a speaker say this. Many mornings I have stood on the porch of my house and looking northward, I have seen the smoke arise from villages that have never heard of Jesus Christ. I've seen at different times the smoke of a thousand villages, villages whose people are without Christ, without God, and without hope in the world. The smoke of a thousand villages, the smoke of a thousand villages. Thus spoke the South African pioneer Robert Moffat. The meeting closed, and out of the door of the hall went a young man, a young medical student, Dr. Dave. He would eventually become Dr. David Livingston. But with him went the words of Moffat, the smoke of a thousand villages whose people, of, uh, whose people have never heard. The smoke of a thousand villages. And when he went to Africa, no matter what happened, no matter what he went through, he, people would say, why are you doing what you're doing? He says, it's because I have a call upon my life. And I've got to go because the smoke of a thousand villages is calling me. The smoke of a thousand villages is calling me to take the good news of Jesus. God wants to give you a dream that will drive you, drive you, drive you to bring him glory. Bigger than, the, bigger than barbecuing after, after church on Sunday, bigger than going to the Phillies game or the Cubs games, and all of that is great, but God is something bigger and greater and stronger. Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord, do it. And I speak to the men and the women in Chicago, and I speak to the men and women of this room. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, right here and now, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Philadelphia, and they're just like those thousands of villages, and they need Jesus, and you have been called and appointed by God to take the gospel to them. Could somebody say, yes, I believe that. Yes, I receive that. You're called in in Chicago to take the gospel to somebody. It's God's will for your life. Some of us, we need to stop playing games. We need to find a place at the altar and say, Lord, have your way with my life. Have your way, Lord. Where you lead me, I will follow. So just remember, but what drives what your source is, it's simple. It's, It's the rivers of living water. That you and I have access to every day we open the Bible and we can drink the word of God. And that word will keep you. That word. You know, the other day, Chrissy was reading her mission statement to me. And it was so fresh and powerful. and, and, um, And then we prayed together. And as we prayed, we were like, oh, Lord, would you please, by means of your power, would you use us just by means of your power? It's not by means of our cleverness or I'm not smart enough, I'm not gifted enough. But God, yes, listen to this. It says, I live, this is on her, on her phone, I live for Jesus, who by means of his power working in me is able to do so much more than I can ever ask for or even think of, to God be the glory in his church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever, amen. She personalizes this. This is Ephesians chapter 3. Listen, I live for Jesus who by means of his power working in me is able to do so much more than I can ever ask for or even think of. God be the glory in his church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. How many know by means of his life-giving waters, by means of his power, we can be used for the glory of God? Are you getting it? Have I said it enough? Have I told you enough? Jesus wants to be a living waters flowing out of your soul. You know you're living the dream when Jesus... Is your private stream. And then I'll close with this. Number two, you know you're living the dream. When Jesus gives you branches that reach over the walls. Joseph, watch this. Why is this in the Bible? Joseph is a fruitful vine. A fruitful vine near a stream. That means privately the source of that vine. Right? The source of that vine is underground in private but then it says whose branches go over the wall right could you could you put that the point back up so look when 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 you're really living the dream something happens in private jesus gives you branches that reach over the walls now what does that mean what it means is this it means that people that you run into, they have walls. It means that this world builds all of these walls and strongholds. It means that the enemy has all of these different ways that he tries to block off the life of God, but you have been called by God to be like a fruitful vine, and God is going to give you branches that reach over people's walls and offer the life-giving fruit. How many want to reach in your neighborhood, reach in your family? It's the will of God that you would have branches that reach into places that no one else could reach, but because you're living the dream of God in Chicago, you're branches will reach over the wall. That's why, listen, the most hate-filled, the most perverted, the most ungodly, the most wicked person you know, if you know them, what you need to pray is, God, let my branches reach over that wall. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Because when your branch reaches over the wall, there's no telling. How many know if we're here, they could be there too. (laughs) Amen. And so, that's God's will. The Bible says in John chapter 15, almost done. John chapter 15, 8 says this. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Disciples bear fruit. And we know it's fruit that will last. I'll close with a quote by, John, uh, by Charles Spurgeon. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, the Christian's business, what's your business? In Chicago, what's your business? Well, I do this, I do that. Mm, good. But that's not the real business. The Christian's business is first to learn Christ's will and second to do it. To do God's will. Are you doing God's will? Are you pursuing God's will? Are you learning God's will? to new, are you learning the will of God for your life? Because you're going to stand before God. Are you learning? Are you learning to become the father that Jabez needs? I mean, that's the way it is. For each and every one of us, are you, are you learning God's will? Are you focusing on God's will? And are you trusting that God is going to make you the kind of person whose branches reach over the wall? It's not the wall. It's the branches that count. Because God is able to reach over every... How many believe he's able to reach over every wall? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So look, I know this has been kind of a different message. This is kind of like a heart-to-heart talk. You know? I love you. You know? And I, I can't, look, and my love for you is nothing, nothing. It's nothing compared to how much Jesus loves you. He loves you. His love for you is so great. So vast, so deep, so high, so powerful. And there's no thing that we could say somehow that disqualifies us. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the price for all of our ugly, dirty sin. Anybody happy here today that we've been washed in the blood? Hallelujah. And so look, even if you're like, but I'm struggling so much. Here's the key. It's in private, drink the waters from the spring. And the more you drink, the healthier you'll be. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, and if you drink from the living water and you live for the will of God, I'm telling you right now, you will become fruitful. That's why I know God's going to fill this building with people. It's the will of God that this building would be full of people. It's the will of God that we would go into the highways and the byways for Kids Week of Innovation. And we would invite children like people on a mad mission. We've got to get kids into this place. And if you love kids, their parents open their hearts. And when their parents open their hearts, Jesus reaches right in. How many believe that is a powerful, sound plan? Hallelujah. In Chicago, we're doing an outreach here in Philly. Every time we do an outreach in Chicago, that's the plan. God has a plan to use us for his glory.